Top of the morning to you, laddie. Dr. Stephen Ryan here. Is this going to be a thing now? Maybe. Maybe. I'm not calling you Dr. Stephen. Why not? I don't know. It's it's my name, isn't it? It'd be formal and weird. That's exactly the kind of thing a lay person would say. A normie. Like, I could, like, at a stretch, referring to you, not to you, call you the good doctor or, you know, Dr. Dickhead. But Dr. Stephen, to your face, I don't know, it feels weird. Mm, I don't know, I think, uh, I think you should. Like, even just calling you Doc, that'd be weird. No, Dr. Stephen, that's that's what I want. What about I call you Dr. Ryan, so at least then, Okay. you know, it could be any Dr. Ryan. Hmm. Dr. Ryan Reynolds. God, I'm so, I'm so diety this week. You're so diety this week, I didn't know that was a verb. Hmm. Or an adjective. Which one on that? I... Yeah, no, I've been very good. Go on. Remember last week I was saying Richard was putting me on a programme? Yes, the programme was The Biggest Loser. No uh, no connection with the show about losing weight. Yeah, I... Um, Richard put me on a programme last uh, last week and I kicked it off on at start Lent. So I said it coincided with Lent. And I've been tracking my calories on my fitness pal app. Okay. I think it's great that somebody is taking their role as an accountability body seriously. Hold on a fucking second here now. <laughs> like five months ago, you just decided, you know what? My fucking ankle is sore or some bollocks like that. And you went, yeah, you know what? I'm not running. And then I just get sick of fucking asking you. <laughs> well, I'm just glad somebody is taking responsibility around here. Oh, well, we can't all be fucking talking to town, winning goal scoring All Ireland champion Richie Ryan. We can't even all be um, Leo Sayer knockoff Limerick fitness coach Richie Ryan. <laughs> I yeah. So I went on this thing anyway with my fitness pal, and I'm counting my calories. And generally speaking, what I'm at is trying to get kind of high protein with. You know, not low, low calories, but lowish. Yeah. And a bit of exercise in as well. I've been doing a good bit of hiking. Oh, Stephen, that sounds very outside your five kilometers. That isn't, though. Do you just hike in circles? Like, the hills are all around Killaloo. Killaloo's covered in hills. Right. So, I've been hiking around, but God, does it knacker me. Does it? Absolutely wrecked after it. Not, like, necessarily immediately, Mm -hmm. but following day i'm like just the cumulatively tired yeah. so how often are you going on your hikes i did a few this week i did about three i think mm. which uh which was good and it was nice to get out i think it's just because the weather is getting longer as well that i've been doing the hikes the weather is getting longer or not the weather the weather is getting nicer the evenings are getting longer it's a grand stretch in the evenings that's great so how long is the hike well, one was over 10 kilometres anyway. Well, that's under oh. 5k anyway, for sure. It was, well, it's like, it is actually, I would say. It's up a hill, like, and around the hill. No one counts elevation into your 5 kilometres. There's a loophole for you. Yeah. Up and isn't in 5k. Go no, to the moon. And, 
And if Pythagoras has anything to say about it, the hypotenuse would would kind of really work in my favour in that regard. I'm not I'm not able to correct you on that. So I've been doing that, yeah, and now I'm very hungry at the minute. God, I'm so hungry, Adam. So you're dieting then. Tell us about your programme. I'm, I'm dieting and I was grand. I'm not meant to be as hungry as this, but this morning <laughs> uh, work was, I was very busy with work. So I missed breakfast and I've been sort of on the back foot since. So what's, what constitutes, what constitutes your diet now? Um, shit loads of chicken anyway, that's for sure. Okay. And like, I'm just being very cautious of, you'd be surprised where calories can sneak up from. <laughs> would I? You would, yeah. <laughs> where do your calories sneak up from, Stephen? Olive oil and butter, mostly. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> who'd have thunk? Who would have thought um, making your own fucking butter would have done damage some down the road? Yeah, there's lots of snaky calories in and around. Hmm. So um, go on, he put you on this plan, Richie Ryan, uh, not the fitness coach uh, for all of Limerick, but the fitness coach for you, at least. His name is Richie Ryan, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some branding issues there. They should have like a, a Screen Actors Guild thing where you can only have one name per fitness coach. Anyway, what does a typical day look like? So I suppose get up in the morning, have maybe some coffee, some eggs scrambled or boiled or whatever. One of them tins, you know them things. Kind yeah, of like, the wafer shite. No, they're kind of like um, kind of maybe like a dry wheat a bake. They're not dry wheat. They're like bread only. They're kind of tin things. Yeah. Yeah, no, anyway. I know what you're, I know what you're talking about, Rivita or something. Yeah, so I've been having that, and I have been so that that'd be kind of my my breakfast, maybe like some of the days now I had sausages and things just because uh, I was clearing the fridge, but but I'm not buying in sausages now. Uh-huh. And then for the dinner, I'd have I'd have maybe like the first couple of days I was having like I had a bit of fish. With like t- tinned tomatoes and veg chopped into it and boiled into it, and and then the next day I had ch- same with chicken, and then I kind of broke away from that and I had um, sort of Nando style peri peri chicken and homemade coleslaw that's made like with like zero fat yogurt and zero fat mayonnaise. What about your lunch then? Been foregoing lunch on Dr. Ryan's orders or on just your own initiative. Um, I've been kind of going a two two meal a day kind of a run of us now. But he, he had, did he did Doctor Ryan tell you to do that? Well, he was kind of you know he was more telling me that I should have my breakfast and I should have my dinner and that's kind of about size. But now, now yesterday, all right, last night I ate a packet of um, I know a packet of turkey, <laughs> a whole packet, a packet of because I was very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> And I just had it on its own, dipped it in mustard. Oh, that's manky. Yeah, I like mustard. Why? Is it like wafer thin turkey? Well, you see, turkey has much fat in it. No, but I mean, like, was it turkey chunks or like wafer thin ham? You know, you know, the oh, kind yeah. of... No, it was turkey slices. Oh, and you just picked that up and scrunched it up and dipped it in mustard. Yeah. You minger. So I did that yesterday, all right. And then I haven't been boozing. So I'm off the booze. So what I was 
doing in lieu of that was I got like Heroin. tonic wa- tonic water that had oh, slimline that had like no calories. Right. And white lemonade that has no zero calories or sugar or whatever it's called. Right. And I'd smash up some juniper berries and fang them into it. And I would uh, have it with a slice of cucumber. I'd take that without the tonic water. Do you know, why without the tonic water? Because tonic water, people who drink, uh, which I count myself among them, need to admit that mixers aren't nice on their own. Tonic water, no thank you. Uh, ginger ale, no thank you. Like, oh, I like ginger ale on its own. Uh, bitter lemon that would go in gin on its own is manky. Now, Fanta lemon, it's, it's decent. But do you know what I mean? Like these kind of Schweppes things on their own, not great. But the tonic water, you see, takes the takes the sweetness out of the white lemonade. But then just don't have white. I, yeah, no. I like. See, tonic water sort of makes it into a, not a soft drink. It's still a soft But like, this is how I feel also about alcohol-free beers. The juniper berries then give it a sort of a, a, a weird pang. Pang. Do you know what? When you're putting in your cucumber, put some pepper in as well. Cucumber and pepper in gin and tonic are very good. Okay, I might consider consider the pepper aspect. Yeah, now ground pepper, not like powder. Like pepper from a mill? Yeah. Okay. Like the powder, but it won't. It'll just feel weird in your teeth. But um, yeah, the just cracked pepper or whatever way you want to get it out of a mill. Doesn't. Okay, so did... did um, did Dr. Ryan give you a specific breakdown of what you have each day or do you what like what was his actual plan for your eating? Well, he, it was more so he he initially t- told me what to get and gave me a shopping list. So off I went to the shop to get my shopping and then he inspects my thingamabob. Colon. Um, what's it called? That my fitness pal where I record all my calories. Right. So you can lie. Uh, yeah, there's scope there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, but do you have thoughts, feelings so far? Well, I've seen progress on the scales, which is good. Great. And... Is that when you step off it? I've seen, I've seen progress on the scales, which is good. Now, today was very difficult because... I I did miss breakfast and then uh, I was just zonked after that. This is it. I say it's very hard without lunch. Yeah. Well, the thing was like like I I just didn't know what to have for lunch then because I hadn't really planned it in. You see. Mm. So I ended up having all bran. Oh God. And that did nothing for me. Like a fucking owl lad. Yeah. Well, you're meant to get in fibre. You see. Mm. Keeps you nice and regular. Are you regular? Eh, within reason reason i suppose who knows what regular is uh okay so week one down you're feeling good with it you, you haven't can you give us any confessions did you cut any corners did you uh, uh lie to the good doctor no i think generally speaking i was fairly okay um i was thrown in most of most yeah you see the thing is there's so, certain things are very hard to figure out how to put them into this damn my fitness pal like a slice of turkey dipped in mayo no, that was fine. Well, that was dipped in mustard and like, but you see some of the things you kind of you're putting in, 
and you're looking for something similar. But like, I mean, my homemade coleslaw, yeah. um, that's very hard to put in because because it's a million one little things popped in together. Well, not really. I mean, coleslaw is what you said. You had your yogurt, your mayonnaise, and you've got what carrot, cabbage, and onion. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's... but put but like I got three goals out of that. Putting in the same bloody thing every time is fucking laborious. So I just put in coleslaw. Okay. So you know, and and then there's stuff like marinade. So if you make marinate a chicken, you're left with all the marinade, and the marinade is gone, and yet you've you know there's a bit of it put on the chicken. So it ends up counting for loads of calories, which you know you haven't eaten because they're still in the bottom of the pot. I'm get like doing this with you. I feel I'm getting a real insight into what it feels like to be married to like a really old farmer, or a Healy Ray or something. Like there's, there's a tangent and an excuse for everything. Why are you married to me? I, this is what I feel right now. It's a bit gay, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, no feelings of wanting to waver. From your diet yet? Uh, no, I'm quite happy with it. Um, I'm, I'm generally quite happy with how it's going so far. Excellent. Well, we'll check in again next week and see uh, see if the you know the the positive attitude is keeping up. Yeah. Nine more weeks, Stephen. <sighs> what a goal! Right, and he announced it uh, like late at night through the fucking Irish Mirror. When did this come out? This nine more weeks, because again, Last yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think. Yeah, because it was a weird way of, like, it it felt so unofficial or something. It was very unofficial. He gave a fair an official exclusive interview to the Mirror, but I think that was his hope of, oh, let's just bury it. And I boy, mean, did he not you, do that. You can't bury nine weeks of fucking lockdown. No. They did say that. It mightn't be level five, which would be fucking great. Well, this announcement, I guess when people are listening to this, they might already know because we can expect at least some kind of update uh, uh, tomorrow. But Well, yesterday, Tuesday, uh, the 23rd. But uh, like what I've been reading is it might not be level five in that some recreational things like golf. Golf? Hey, I'm, I'm golfing here. Uh, golf and tennis and stuff would open but not not a significant amount more than that and some special schools which opened uh, well special classes within mainstream schools which opened today bookshops no bookshops are open no they're not Easons is open they sell newspapers that's why they're open okay because my mother works in a bookshop and they are not allowed to open they can just do um, delivery or whatever but, you know, Easons are open because they sell stationery and newspapers, which count them as an essential service. Which is why you'll see news agents open. That's a real... You'd imagine you'd work that angle if you had a bookshop. I heard a story about a bookshop uh, in Dublin where they said they were just going to buy a load of newspapers off a news agents and, and resell them so they, they could open. Yeah. That, I mean, that that would be your first instinct if you were a, a proprietor of books. Mm. Would be just to flag these around so that you get to open again. 
Yeah, but I, people would cop onto that. Like if you don't generally sell newspapers and you start doing it where you don't have an actual fucking uh, a distribution deal with the people who, who wholesale or whatever you, you do with newspapers, uh, that's, yeah, no, that's going to come out too sweet. I don't know. It's like, I mean, that's what happened. Like ingenuity has been kind of the, the way things have worked really in the past year. I mean, with the pubs, they all became restaurants, Maria. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's ingenuity and there's flouting, you know? When is nine weeks time? When are they talking? May, is it? Nine weeks time. Yeah, pretty much. Start of May. May uh-huh. bank holiday weekend. Woo! <laughs> that, yeah, fucking... It's... Kicking it off for the bank holiday is a bad idea. I just realised. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Um, we've sunk down now to below the average of uh, cases in a two-week period per thousand in Europe. Some, I think, Czech Republic are absolutely fucked right now. But we're still... Look, I mean, the way I keep telling people and the way I keep thinking about it is our per day average is still higher than it was in the first two lockdowns. So we can't really be expecting much uh, uh, of a of le- much lenience because it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It, oh, God. Nine weeks is a long time. Nine weeks is a long time. Uh, I wonder how, like, Patrick's Day is going to be a, a weird one. To be no Patrick's Day, uh, much to Irish Prime Minister Michael Martin's chagrin because he was so fucking gung-ho to go over to Washington. But now, no, because Ronan Glynn came out last week and said there's there's no celebrations that we can't advocate celebrations. And Paddy's Day celebrations themselves have been cancelled since January. But I would imagine... There will be a lot of St. Patrick's Day celebrations, nonetheless. In, like, the Slovenes. And people's homes. And, you know, I just, it'll be a weird one because I think it'll be, at that point, sure, we've been locked down for three months already. Look, there's two ways of thinking about it. You know, there's this individual way and, and there's the collective way. And yeah, from an indiv- individual perspective, yeah, we've been in uh, um, lockdown for three months. We need to grant ourselves some concessions to keep saying. Absolutely. And I feel that myself every day. But on the collective con- uh, uh, viewpoint, no, don't fucking do it because we're going to be like... If you just decide that everyone can have what the, what fucking Leo is going to call a circuit breaker, you know, if you're going to have a circuit, a self-granted circuit breaker day, we saw what happened at Christmas. I know, yeah, I know, like, but but it, I mean, common sense isn't the. That's not how this works. If if fucking this last year has proven anything, that is just that right from. Right from government right down to uh, uh, just your people on the street. We don't fucking have common sense. No. Bunch of ghouls. Bunch of ghouls. And uh, speaking of bunch of ghouls, uh, Cork-based nuns breach COVID guidelines to attend exorcism of the doll. You sent me this earlier and I didn't read it because, you know, but it sounded really interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. It's brilliant. So these two nuns... 
The Carmelite Sisters of the Holy Face of Jesus and their names are Sister uh, Anne-Marie and Mother Irene Gibson. And essentially these two went up to an exorcism of the doll or just a mass essentially on December 8th or December 9th. And now this is coming out in, well, it was it was news back then, I guess, too, though I didn't hear about it. Now it's coming out in the newspapers because these seem to be a controversial pair. Right. So what do you want to hear about first? Do you want to hear about, because essentially I actually kind of have some problems with this article myself because they seem to be framing this. They went to the the exorcism thing to grind an axe about a, a property an ongoing property issue that they have. So it, it's it's almost like they're saying this so they can grind that axe and, and get the word count out about that. So we've got two ways we can look at this. Do you want to hear about the exorcism first or do you want to hear about the nuns? Uh, the nuns first. Okay, so it's pretty buck wild. These nuns have raised almost 100,000 after they were asked to leave their site in West Cork where they essentially built their monastery. Now they were asked to um, they were asked to leave because the head of the the organization, the, the Sisters of the Holy Face of Jesus, in in this area, Irene Gibson, basically she bought an old garden center and she built a load of things on it without any permission. So she basically wanted to she wanted to bring people into this this order she was starting. It's it's an order based around you know the kind of Turin Shroud type um, mm. Jesus face and the thing that they're super horny for this. So she she set up this order and she built a, a property essentially on it that she wasn't allowed to have. She was told you can't have this. You need to take it down, uh, but she's not. So she's I, I, she says she's waiting for a new location, but any property that that they could get permission for that could hold them is between 300,000 and 900,000 so she wants to basically get a load of donations I will come back to this maybe in in a couple of minutes but one of the main reasons she can't get the money is that they're not actually directly affiliated with the Catholic Church in Ireland right they're just kind of fly by night nuns Uh, yes okay that's odd in itself yeah what was in the property? What was in the property? Okay, so at the moment, after they were told to demolish the structure, what they've got left now, they took down some, and what they've got left is two sheds, uh, or three sheds. Nuns live in two of them, and the third is used as a kitchen. Right. But apparently, no, I'll come, to, I'll come back to that in a minute, because that's just too fucking wild. Uh, t- yeah, two sheds in the kitchen is what they've got on this site. In Leap in West Cork. Lep, I believe it's pronounced. Lep. Mm. Is it? Yep. Oh, okay. But she, yeah, so when, when she first started building, without pr- planning permission, she developed a two-story oratory and seven wooden pods or sheds where she lived and, and wanted to develop her community. So now what she's got left is is three sheds. But essentially she just built a fucking uh, a mini chapel for herself without telling no one. Huh. Yeah, it's nuts. What are you doing? And so th- this essentially, you can see why people in Cork didn't maybe didn't really love that this, you know, kind of religious renegade group essentially just came in and, and started 
uh, uh, building their own shit. Like if anyone was obsessed with, with um, Wild Wild Country on Netflix last year about that uh, uh, sect in America, you can see the dangers of what happens when a religious group just start to appear and build their own little town. Uh, so I was thinking, oh, do you know what? This headline, this uh, two nuns go to go to Dahl, uh, go to exorcism in Dahl. Uh, that was just a headline and pretty much the rest of the article is talking about the the property issue and, and because it's it's the Irish Examiner, it's down in Cork, uh, you can kind of tell that there's a bit of bit of politicking going mm. on. So I reckon that's where that article came from and just the, the headline is so catchy that, that it uh, obviously is going to, it attracted my attention and I, and I sent it to you. But then and I, I got curious... And then you didn't read it. Yeah. Uh, then I got curious because this article is, is saying, oh, yeah, they're, you know, they've raised, they crowdfunded almost 100 grand and they're, you know, rogue building their own thing. But the reason I clicked on it is what the fuck is being exercised at the door? Mm. So I Googled that and this led me to the website uh, uh, catholicarena.com and it gave me a, a a little bit of kind of media, well, Twitter clippings and um, some text from essentially like the, I guess the order who, who ran it. And this has a fucking fascinating background. The main, okay, so essentially they went and did an exorcism on the doll. Why did they exercise the doll? It's getting fat. In 2018, the entire world was shocked by images of Irish politicians laughing, singing and dancing about abortion at Dublin Castle. Many expressed sheer ecstasy at the potential of babies being bludgeoned to death on Irish soil. Yeah. And then they go on to talk about... Only weeks ago, socialist politicians decided that a pandemic was an opportune time to put forth a bill to allow for euthanasia. Oh yeah, those Chinese kids. Yeah, the youth in Asia, they're the same as the youth anywhere else. And so this is this is what they were exercising. They were exercising the demons that would see fit to kill the unborn babies. Mm. So I thought, right, we didn't really hear about this that much. If this was, you know, a proper full church sanctioned thing, I mean, there'd be lots of bells and whistles. So I did more research as uh, whose who's text am I you know, currently reading. And they're the Society of St. Pius X Resistance. Are they resisting St. Pius or Pope Pius X? They're a... So the Society of St. Pius X or Saint Pius is X. a non-Catholic church-sanctioned offshoot. And these guys Christ. are an offshoot of that offshoot. Fucking hell. But the original offshoot broke away because... They weren't having Vatican Two. They went. We're hardline. We're not stuff your <laughs> stuff your Catholic Church liberal bullshit. And um, they went. No, we we believe in the old ways. And Stephen, do you know what is is one of the old ways they believe in? COVID doesn't exist. Vatican Two brought in COVID. Vatican Two brought in COVID. These guys are, are pretty hardline, non-church-sponsored dudes who also in Cork built their own uh, chapel without planning permission. I wonder, do they say their masses in Latin? Yes. Uh, after the after the 
exorcism at the doll. They then then went on to the Taoiseach's office and then said a mass in Latin because the Vatican II would have been the thing that said they could say it in English. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, these guys are pretty hard line. And one of the founders of the, like not the Society of St. Pius X, but the, the, one of the founders of the Society of St. Pius X resist, uh, uh, tent resistance. Did they have a priest of their order to say the mass? Because surely nuns can't say mass, especially if they're like... <laughs> Which is why it's so unusual that they went with this headline is the nuns weren't saying the mass. They just attended. Right. So this is like an article saying Stephen broke lockdown to go to a protest. Like, oh, the the nuns definitely made their intentions known by going to this protest that has all these connotations and breaking lockdown. But Mm. they weren't... um, that I can tell they weren't organizers they weren't speaking they just went to um they, they, they just went to be part of it and the guy who was speaking was uh, a father Giacomo Bellini probably from Cork as well yeah he is uh, or at least that's where he he's based but yeah one of the founder members like I was saying a second ago of of the res- resistance which is the offshoot of the offshoot as well as denying COVID he also uh denies the holocaust uh, Richard Williamson is his name. He did a, a mass for them last March on their West Cork premises. And apparently what, what I read from the Guardian is he was also accused of harboring cler- uh, clergy members accused of sexual abuse as part of his sect. Uh, so these guys are super uh, not great. Uh, it's just dirty, isn't it? It's 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 just wild. And, and these are the guys going to the doll to protest and exercise the the moral demons out from our our halls of government. Well, Adam, I'll leave it at this. It takes all kinds to make up this great world of ours. Before you do, uh, I want to I don't want to leave it on a <laughs> I don't want to leave it at paedophilia, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I got Super interested in these nuns. Oh, I bet you fucking did, you pervert. And I I went onto their website, uh, carmeliteholyface.com, which I don't think they thought that one out. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a... Do you remember over the first lockdown, people got super excited over uh, Mark Wahlberg releasing his daily routine? Oh, yeah, remember that he was up at three in the morning or something. that's right if you will look at your skype chat there and we can run through it before we finish up i've got these nuns daily routine hmm. <laughs> oh, holy face yeah <laughs> and their routine is wild they get to bed early though they get to bed early. They go to bed at uh, 8.45, but they're up at four o'clock in the morning. Do you know what's the one that really gets me? What? The fact that they go sexting at 12 o'clock. <coughs> 12 p.m. sext. So I had to look up what sext is. And this is a essentially a, a contemplative thing where they think about how close they're getting to God and the things they're doing and they examine the successfulness of each thing they're doing. And for some reason, uh, this is called a sext. I believe it's also where you text sex messages to people. 
it's also that maybe they, maybe that's one of the things they want to do to be closer to God. And you uh, sext um, in your cell phone. Well, as you'll see on the right, uh, and people, I guess maybe under this week's episode, I'm going to put a link to this this Carmelite holy face dot com. Um, they don't not only tell you what these nuns do each day, they tell you where they do it, and they don't say their bedroom. They don't sext in their bedroom. They sext in their cell. Mm. That's super not great that they're even like calling their bedroom a cell. But yeah, they get up at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, they have prayers from four thirty till six. Uh, meditation from six till six thirty. Then they've got mass or breakfast in the refectory or your cell. So you eat alone in your cell. Then I guess there's more prayers. There's classes then at nine at ten o'clock till twelve o'clock. They have manual labor. And then they have the Angelus at 12, a short examination of conscience and sexting. Uh, 12.20, they've got a meal. 1pm to 2pm, they're allowed sleep in silence. 2pm, uh, nothing. They've got half an hour of free time. And then it's just manual labour and praying for the rest of the day. Mm. Every day. You'd wonder how they got to Dublin at all. Yeah. I mean, I guess they drive. No one says no one can't drive. I know, but it's a long old trip. And I mean, okay, granted, they were up early in the morning, but they'd be wrecked by. Oh, they would, yeah. They'd be shattered. I mean, I can't imagine it finished that early as well. Like, like they definitely didn't get home for uh, 8.45 bedtime. No. Or not even their um, 6.30 p.m. except Wednesdays and Fridays recreation for one hour and 15, uh, one hour and 10 minutes. I wonder, did they stop in to get supermax in um, obama money, plaza in money gone the way down yeah <laughs> maybe it's just yeah I, I would encourage people to uh, uh you know aside from some of their dodgy and dangerous beliefs these rogue nuns have built their own <laughs> fucking compound in cork and they have this website that you can just go and look at and and it's wild and i will finish with a joke uh, since we're talking about nuns and and driving places would you like to hear a joke Oh, God, no, but go on. <laughs> two nuns, um, and yeah, let, let's call them uh, Sister Anne-Marie and Sister Irene Gibson. And they're driving through Transylvania uh, uh, late at night and it's getting dark and, and and the roads are getting real windy and, and there's just not a... There's a feeling of foreboding about and all of a sudden this vampire jumps up on the bonnet of the of the, of the car and they're screaming and they're shouting and they go oh no what's what's going to happen this this vampire our lord is going to you know he must protect us but but he doesn't and the vampire is flashing away at the at the, at the windscreen and uh Anne Marie leans over to Irene Gibson and she says quick show him your cross and Gibson winds down the window and leans out and says get off the bonnet you little bastard <laughs> I like that Oh, Stephen, I will talk to you next week. Up yours, Adam. That's all, folks.